0: So let me encourage you, as you know, especially younger generation, to to watch. It's a wonderful life. Um, to me, it's obviously set in the forties, and um, uh, you know George George's life always is affected by the unexpected, the unexpected by others. And that's what I want to talk about today. It's not so much the unexpected that we bring on ourselves but what do we do with the unexpected that other people do that now affects me the unexpected happened in your life and now i'm affected by it he had dreams and then his dad dies so he stays potter wants to take over the savings and loan but the only way they won't sell it to him is if george stays so he stays Four years later, brother Billy's coming back. Finally, he's going to be able to do his dreams, right? Billy finds a wife. Now Billy's, you know, wife's dad has a job for him. So he stays. Uncle Billy loses $8,000, which may not seem like a lot of money, but it is equivalent to today. Siri told me it's $110,000 to our day, $432.09. She's very specific, Okay. That's how much Uncle Billy lost. What happened? The unexpected happened, and it directly affected George. It's only when we realize, he realizes what life would be like if he wasn't around, that he discovers that he is the richest man in Bedford Falls. Not by money standpoint. It's not just how you handle the unexpected in your life. But how do you handle the unexpected that happens in others' lives and now directly affects you? Affects you. Let's pray. God, I pray these next couple minutes that you would help us, that you would be here in whatever situation we have, whatever's going on in our lives. God, I just pray that you would help us to see you. God, I pray specifically for the person in this room that feels like their life is mundane. God, for the person that doesn't feel significance in this room, for the person that doesn't feel like they're living up to the calling, the standard, God, I pray specifically right now, God, that our eyes are open. God, that you would show us that where we are, what we're doing, who we are, is what matters to you. God, I pray that we'd see you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have you ever read the Bible and thought some of this is uninteresting? (laughs) If you haven't, then you probably never thought that. Then you probably haven't read the Bible. (laughs) Because some of it is just uninteresting. And we have to pretend that we just love it all, right? I love the book of John. Oh, Deuteronomy, all right? (laughs) We have to just pretend. And a lot of it really feels mundane. Like there's a lot of times where I thought, God, of all the things that you could put there, why did you put this there? Like, why did you specifically put that when you could have done all these other things? You could have said this. You could have done that. You could have expressed anything. You you could have said this. You could have have done all these things. Why that? So let's look at Luke chapter 2, these eight verses. It just says this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Ooh, this is great, huh? This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. Exciting stuff, right? woo So important. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Plot thickens. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. We can read this. Why do I need to know this? But this moment is God unwrapping heaven for us on earth. He is unwrapping. He is unpacking. He's doing all these things because he's wanting us to specifically know that what is written in the word is not mythology. It is actually history. It actually happened. And I think there is this line that you and I live in. This world that you and I live in, where we think mythology, reality, where we think that happens to them, not to me, where we think, yeah, I believe in the God of the miracles. I just don't experience God of the miracles. There's this line of thinking where we read scripture and we go, that doesn't look like my world. When Jesus came, it was literally bringing heaven to earth. There was a wall or a veil and it was torn. And Jesus broke history. And the reason that you and I could now read Scripture... The reason we could read some of the mundane is because heaven came to earth and what God did then he still wants to do today. Meaning when I read scripture and I see people who are healed and I see people who are saved and I see people that are transformed when heaven comes to earth, that means still to this day that can happen. We believe that because if we don't believe that in which part do we get to throw out? Well, I don't know that he still heals. Then if he doesn't heal, then he doesn't save. If he doesn't save, then he doesn't transform. And if he doesn't transform, excuse me, where's the hope? Where's the hope? And I've seen it happen too many times to not realize that heaven did come to earth. We talk about Mary, but rarely do we talk about Joseph. It is sometimes... What it's like to be a dad. And I know, ladies, you're not getting a lot of sympathy. I'm not getting a lot of sympathy from you. Mary had Jesus. And this is what Luke says about Joseph. So Joseph. (laughs) Kelly had four kids. And Jamie was there. (laughs) Mary was pregnant. And so Joseph he also went, meaning Joseph was a bystander. Matthew actually goes into a lot of detail. Luke isn't really inspiring when he talks about Joseph. That's the reason it only says, so Joseph. But this is his story. And I want to focus on him because of most of what we want to enter. We want to interact with God like we're Mary when maybe we're Joseph. Hear what I'm saying to you right now. See, we want to interact with God in this real form like we're married, but I'll never be married. If my kids' lives were dependent on me, they wouldn't be here. Come on, somebody. And if they were here because of me, I am rich. Those of you who do not understand what I'm saying, so Joseph. See, we don't know about Joseph's life before, and we don't know much about his life after. Yet we know somehow God chose this individual to be the caretaker of Jesus when Jesus was most vulnerable, a kid, a teenager. For Joseph to be where the Savior of the world was going to be required certain choices. Everywhere Jesus went, Mary was there. Why? Because she was carrying him. Joseph had a choice. Joseph had a choice in what he did and how he interacted and where he went and this is what I want us to see. For Joseph to be where the Savior of the world was going to be, it required him to choose. How can you be where God wants you to be and show up? In, and for God to show up in your life, you've got to be in the right place. You've got to be in the right place. This brings significance to Luke 2.1. In those days, Caesar Augustus. What does Caesar Augustus have to do with Jesus? He issued a decree. If you were to ask anybody in Israel during this time, Do you think God would use the Roman world for his plan to come into play? They would go, no, God only uses Israel. They don't use the Roman world. Yet in this moment, God and Luke is writing a different story. Caesar issued a decree. Now he thought he needed more money. Census is going to take and we're going to get taxes and we're going to get more money. And so he thought this was his intention. But this was not God's intention. God used the intention of an empire to fulfill his purpose in human history. Yet you and I sometimes think that God can't use the unexpected that happened in my life, that you did, that now I'm being affected, that God somehow can't use that, that we're exempt. Yet God used the Roman world and a evil... Caesar Augustus, who issued a tax, who had horrible intentions, his intentions were getting more money, yet God included it in history as part of his plan. Let me ask this, what evil intention from someone else is God going to use to be part of your story? Do I look at the evil intention of what happens around my life as God coming to earth? See, here's what we want. We want this perfect scenario for Jesus to show up. This perfect scenario for it's got to be A, B, and C. What happens when God throws Z in there? And God's like, watch this. I'm going to not use Israel in this moment. I'm going to use Caesar Augustus, whose intention is to tax more people. And I'm going to ride him into the story. He thinks he's doing this. Listen, I have no doubt in my mind there are people in your life that have horrible intentions towards you. They don't like you. They want your job. They want to make what you make. They're jealous of you. They're envious of you. God goes, I I can still use that. Evil intention. See, this is where we find out, do I trust God? God used the intention of an empire to fulfill his purpose in human history. God can and will use the evil intentions of others to turn it into a moment in time that will change history. First census. First census. God works in times and places where Roman empires rule, and Syrian kings take census, and everyone is inconvenienced because they have to go to their hometown. And so Joseph. You know who I picture Joseph like? I picture Joseph consistent. He's a constant. He just did what he did. He was faithful to us. Now, the more kids you have, the more you realize there's some of your kids that are just, Constants. Like for me personally, Libby is that constant. I don't have to worry about Libby a lot. I don't have to worry about Libby getting into trouble. I don't have to worry about Libby's homework getting done. I don't have to worry about is Libby okay because Libby's just a constant. She doesn't get talked about a lot from the stage because she doesn't give me a lot of stories to tell. She's a constant. You don't hear about Joseph because there's no story to tell. There's no smarting off. There's no no sin in his life. It just says there's Joseph. And you don't hear much about him afterwards. You just know he is chosen. And he is in the right place. So Joseph also went up. From the town of Nazareth in Galilee. To Judea. So Joseph goes. It might seem to Joseph. That everything is out of control. Have you ever felt like that? Like everything is just out of control. Like, could I be in the right place? Everything, there is unseen forces that are controlling your future. They're blocking it. They're standing in the way. They're standing in the way of you. These these things that are happening. And this is the moment where I get angry with God. I'm like, God, what in the world are you doing? You're using outside forces. You're using evil intentions. And God goes, do you not trust me? Do you not trust that my plan is my plan? And this is what I've discovered. This is what I've discovered. Is everyone likes to change other people. But rarely do we like to change ourselves. This is what I found. We don't like it specifically when people try to change us. Anybody? Have you ever gotten irritated with someone when they've changed things without your permission? Has that ever happened to anybody but me? How frustrated are you when our life is being turned upside down? And the change isn't something that we agree with. Or we pray, God, change our lives, but we don't want God to change us. See, usually our prayers, my prayer included, is, God, would you change this circumstance? And God says, but I just want to change you. It has nothing to do with your circumstance. Because when you realize that God wants to change you, you'll view your circumstance different. How is it that you can walk into a room and say, I hear you have a warrant for my arrest? I'm going to prison. Woo-woo, right? (laughs) Why? Perspective change. Circumstance didn't change at that moment. He changed. See, we pray, God, would you intervene and change my outside circumstance? And God goes, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about changing you. Yeah? I have to be in the right place. Right place. So Joseph goes on a long hike because he has to be in the right place, not for someone else, not just for himself, but for someone else. Listen, Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, than what? He laid down his life for his friends. There's a good chance in this room that you're not going to have to lay down your life for the person sitting next to you. I'm not saying never. I'm just saying there's a good chance You're not going to have to lay down your life. So what is Jesus saying when he says greater love? Okay, than this, that I would lay down my life. What is it? He's saying, listen, there's always going to be a moment with what you're doing, how you're doing it, where you're doing it. If you're in the right place, that is not going to directly benefit you. It's going to benefit someone else. And then he says, live that way. Live in such a way that you get nothing for it. There's no money exchange. There's no agreement. There's no contract. You live in such a way that the other person is the only one that benefits. What if we intentionally, intentionally, because here's what I believe, you guys. When we live this way, those things will happen to us. Okay? Now I'm no longer living in a place where I'm striving for those to happen. But what would happen if intentionally, every single day, and maybe some of you do this, you intentionally, every single day, say, God, what can I do today that I do not benefit? What could I do today? Listen, dishes, I benefit. Laundry, I benefit. I'm not saying those aren't bad things. Cutting the grass, I benefit, and I'm a little anal about it. That's why I do it. Right? What could I do for the person at work? And I would specifically say, take the person you like the least. Do something for that person at work that you can no longer get credit for. Don't put your name on it. Don't let anybody know that you did it. Do the unexpected for someone in your life that no one gets the glory but him. What would that look like? What would it look like if we intentionally did that? Here's what I think. I think you'll view that coworker differently. I think you'll view your child differently. I think you'll view a lot of things differently. You got to be only in the right place, but you also got to be in the right time. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him. I was expecting a child. She was ready to go. She was ready to give birth to a son. Listen, there are certain things you don't do to a pregnant woman. There's actually about a hundred certain things you don't do. One of those things is you don't put a pregnant woman on a donkey. <laughs> right? You, you do not do that. Do not put that pregnant woman on a donkey. Has there ever been a time in your life where the timing just seems off and God disrupts your life? Listen, I, I feel like There are certain things that happen in life that even though we know they're coming, we're not ready for, right? So death is one of those, job loss. Maybe you see the writing on the wall, but when you see or you hear someone go, you're fired or we're going a different direction or whatever it is that they kindly say, kind of like, it's not me, it's not you, it's me. I mean, not that any of you would ever use those scenarios but that situation where you know it's coming but when it happens you it feels like a disruption it feels like i didn't see this coming it feels like it's so unexpected the timing is off and it causes us to go what just happened right this is this is what is going on the timing it's not just that he's in the right place where he's supposed to be it's the timing that that he had to time putting her on a donkey and her having because if he doesn't put her on the day before now you're having a baby where you can't have her. If you, if you wait too long, now you're on the way. Like that's happened, right? People having babies in cars. It's not convenient. It's a little awkward. None of us have probably had that happen. Anybody had a baby in a car? I'm call you out right now. Anybody? What's the most unusual place people have had babies, right? Not convenient. It's not just the right place. It's the right time. There will be moments in your life where the right place and the right time is so someone else can experience the miracle. The blessing has nothing to do with you and what you'll get. This is Joseph's life. I think the majority of our world, though, we don't get this. Because I think the majority of our world, we like to be known We don't like to be known as so, Joseph. We don't like to be known as the constant. We want to be known by people. We want people to like us. We want all of these things to happen. And yet in this moment, how do you get to the right place at the right time? You have to be the right person. See, listen, the emphasis in this part is right here. Joseph, Matthew 1, Matthew talking about to whom she was engaged was a righteous man. And did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. He didn't put it on social media. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. The angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary's wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Listen, there's no records of Joseph performing any miracles. There's no record. Of a talent or a gifting. Or anything that marked Joseph. The only thing. That is said of Joseph. Is that he was righteous. And the Lord entrusted. The Savior of the world to him. That's all we know. What if. The so Joseph in our life, our life, so Jamie, so Kelly, so Derek, so Kelly, say, say whatever it is, so Sarah, so Cameron. What if the so in our life is that we are righteous and the Lord can trust us? What do we want to be known? How do we want to be known? To some, she was a disgrace not believed and shamed. Yet the Bible says, even in her shame, Joseph did not shame her. Even when he could have. I'm amazed by culture and people that love to catch people in their shame. We live in a culture where people love to see you fail. We live in a culture where people love to see you fall. To see your mistakes highlighted, shouted from the rooftops, yet in this moment, the righteousness of Joseph was that even in her shame, he quietly wanted to do the shaming. Yet the Lord speaks, and when the Lord speaks, he's convinced. He, hear what I'm about to say to you. It's not so much that the Lord is not speaking, it's that there's moments in our life where we're not listening. And there's a big difference between me speaking to you what the Lord is saying and you hearing from God what he's saying. There's a big difference. Listen, I, I, I will never ask you to take my word. I will always ask you to go home, to take Matthew 1, 19 and 20, dig it apart, to take Luke 2, 1 through 8, dig it apart, find other translations, do all these things, because when the Lord speaks to you that you are loved and that he has a plan for your life and he's calling you to righteousness, when you hear the Lord speak that, something happens confidence-wise where all insecurity goes away, where all depression does go away. When all of these things that seem to matter, don't matter anymore. Your perspective changes. Everything changes. Why? Because the Lord spoke to you and it's not you and I copying the customs of this world. It's you and I being transformed, renewed, our minds being renewed by the gospel. Something happens. It says, when the angel spoke to him, do not be afraid. Listen to what I'm about to say. You could be in the right place at the right time and still be the wrong person. In fact, I would say this. If you're the wrong person, it doesn't matter where you are or what the timing is. Because I could be in the right place at the right time, but I don't even see it because I'm the wrong person. And you and I, were trying to build things when God says, I'm asking you to first and foremost build your character. I'm asking you first and foremost to be a man or woman of character because when you're a man or woman of character, I can promise you this, you will recognize the place and you will recognize the timing. You will. It will never be about your talent and your intelligence or your education. If you miss what God created you to do, if you miss on the life that God created you to live, If you ever step into the fullness of heaven on earth, it won't be because of the deficit of your talent or gifting or your intelligence or education. The only ceiling on your life that will limit God, what only God can do in you is the ceiling of your character. That's it. Because when you become righteous and when you choose righteousness and when you choose to build your character and to change and to be the right person, I can promise you this. There will be a moment that no matter what unexpected thing other people have done, no matter what dreams seem to have died, no matter how you think your life was disrupted or interrupted, you can see in that moment that God, God showed up on your behalf. And because He showed up on your behalf, it only happened when I recognized. And it doesn't matter if I'm in the right place at the right time. I need to be the right man that God's called me to be. I need to be the right woman that God's called me to be. And only then will I see the perspective that really matters, which is God. And if you will build your character, there is no limit to the depths and the heights that God can take your life. No limits. What's limiting you right now? the fact that you and I put more emphasis in the right place in the right time than we do the right person. That's what's limiting me. That when I'm the right person, my marriage is different. When I'm the right person, my relationships are different. My perspective is different. At that point, I could be in the middle of Montana. It doesn't really matter. doesn't actually sound that bad. I could be there. It doesn't really matter. If I'm not the right person. Would you stand with me today? Guys, here's what I want us to do. I'm just asking you to be honest today. You're in this room. I'm just asking for your honesty. And these guys, they're going to sing a song, and it's maybe a familiar song to you. It's an I will song. I will build my life. It's an I will song because I believe there's there's a constant conflict of our wills that are happening. But if you're in this room and you would just say, like in all honesty, I have character flaws. Like in all honesty, there are things that I'm doing that are unhealthy. And and you could be in the right place today. Your job, you're in the right place. It's good timing. But listen, if you have character flaws, it really doesn't matter. Until you become the right person. Until you start talking through the struggles that you have. And still we start having conversations on what it is to live righteous. Listen, you know why Mary was engaged to Joseph? Because God trusted Joseph. You know why there are things that I miss out on? Because there's moments in my life where God says, "Jamie, I need you to fix this," and when I neglect to fix it, He's saying once again, "I can't trust you." You know, one of the worst things, the hardest things to hear that you can say to another person, it's not even "I hate you." I can get past "I hate you." It's "I don't trust you." Huh. That is like a, a different kind of knife you know why because we spend all this time depositing trust right we're depositing this relationship we're doing all these things and then we break that trust and it's like we just took everything and we withdrew all of that trust and now what do we got to do I got to work to trust again why was Joseph entrusted with raising Jesus at the most pivotal moment of his life because God trusted Joseph because he was a righteous man. Listen, make today the most important thing that we do, fine-tuning our character. Letting our word be our word. Letting our promise be a promise. Has there ever been a moment where you've made a promise and then you quickly wanted to, to break that promise because you found out that it was harder than you thought it was gonna be? I think Joseph was there. I didn't sign up for this. She was beautiful. My parents told me to marry her, which I'm totally good with going back to, by the way. Arranged marriages. Any parents? Yeah. Thank you for your honesty. (laughs) Totally good with it. I am totally good with it. Yeah, anyway. Another sermon. Uh, Not how he thought it would go, right? I thought I was going to marry her. Nobody told me it was going to be this hard. Here's what I'm about to say to you, and hear what, I, hear what it is. Hear me right now. Don't make an emotional decision today that you can't follow through on. Don't make a decision today that is going to be really hard and you break later. You know why God trusted Joseph with the plan? It's because he knew he wouldn't break it. You want to know why? doors aren't opening up for you right now, it's not because you're not in the right place. It's because you're not the right person. And I know this is hard to hear. This is hard to hear from the Lord today. But can God trust you? It's a question. Can God trust you with heaven coming to earth? Oh, I could keep going. You're lucky there's a second service because I'm really good at blending those right in. Can God trust you today? Guys, this is a question for all of us. And if he can't, what is he needing us to fine-tune today? God, I pray that you'd help us today. God, you put a, a great emphasis on righteousness, and we're only righteous because you're righteous. That veil was torn because of what you did on the cross. And now we have access that we could be transformed. But God, we can only be righteous because of your righteousness. That's it. That's the only reason. So God, we depend on you today to become men and women of character. So God, I pray if we have a lying issue today, God, that you would help us to be people that seek the truth. God, if we have character flaws, God, I pray that you reveal those character flaws so that we could be men and women that usher heaven onto earth. God, I'm so grateful that you trusted Mary, but God, I'm so grateful that you entrusted Joseph today. Because it would have been real easy for so Joseph to not go, to not go, to not be a part of. He could have easily read, and so Mary had a kid and Joseph was there. But God, thank you that you trusted him with the Savior of the world. If you're in this room today, as we begin to sing, if you need prayer for anything, first and foremost, that's always available. But if you're in this room and you say, listen, I have some issues and I need to take the first step to these issues being taken care of, guys, there's always, always, always an opportunity for that to happen. Don't wait, be intentional. And then sing the song together.